Hello and welcome to the Unleash Pain Freedom Podcast. I am your host, Katie Sutton, and I am a rehabilitation specialist and master neuro coach specializing in pain specifically. 100% of us experience pain at some point in our lives, yet we are not told what pain is, why we have it, or how to navigate through it. Without this vital information, it keeps us stuck in the vicious pain cycle. This is where I come in. My job is to educate and inform you about all things pain so you can feel empowered to know how to navigate pain when it comes about. This is how you break the cycle and reclaim your life from pain. Without further ado, let's go ahead and start breaking out of the pain cycle today. These next two episodes, I'm going to be sharing with you behind the scenes on some of the experiences that I have personally gone through that have challenged me mentally, physically, emotionally. They dealt with pain. And I am super excited to bring this to you because it's so good. Like, get pumped, get excited because the next two episodes are going to talk about things in a personal manner. And I think it's important to share personal experiences and stories because we can all relate or see ourselves in another person's story in one way or another. And it can also help you to feel like whatever you are going through, whatever struggles or obstacles, that you're not alone. And it kind of gives you like a sense of support around that too, because I took the time of June off to reflect, to really sit down and soak in the experiences that I went through because they were really, really life-changing and they definitely pertained to pain. And that's the whole purpose of this podcast is to share experiences coming from a pain point of view and totally flipping it on its head to what we have been taught in the past when it does come to pain. Pain is a request for change, and I was definitely getting this message throughout my experiences that I had gone through in the month of June. And I am here, I'm ready to share it with you because, again, I'm the type of person who likes to research the shit out of something because it really interests me, it really intrigues me, or it's a skill that I want to better understand and get better techniques with and then I go through my own personal experience my own transformation to see how it works before sharing it with you guys and this is what I'm doing here right now and I'm just I'm super pumped so if you follow me on Instagram or you're friends with me on Facebook you probably already know that I went through a strength training program through a three-month process that started like at the very beginning of March and went through towards the end of May and there was a $3,000 prize and I ended up winning and the whole reason why I went through this was to get stronger for Krav Maga for my orange belt level two test and I accomplished all of those long story short and I'm here to tell you the breakdown on how I got there and how it helped me to work through my chronic pain. It helped me to desensitize my nervous system. It helped me to rewire my subconscious 
to turn on my success switch when it came to not only pain freedom, but for what I was going after and manifesting my goals into reality. So that's basically like a breakdown of what I'm going to be um, discussing in today's episode, but this episode specifically is going to be diving into like how body image, diet culture, and the fitness industry standards affect chronic pain because this is what I went through personally and it was crazy just the journey throughout it like in three months time it's crazy how far you can actually come in just three months so what to expect in this episode is I'm going to tell you my personal experience with dieting and what I've noticed with my clients and pain. I'm going to share my personal experience with the fitness industry standards and what I noticed with pain. And I'm going to also talk about body image and how that is influenced by diet culture and fitness industry standards, which can actually cause more pain. I'm gonna talk about certain conditioned health beliefs. And also I'm going to break down how I won first place in the strength training body composition program and $3,000 by going against the conditioned health beliefs and getting out of pain at the same time. So this is a really juicy episode. It is jam-packed full of information, personal experience, and I'm just ready to get this ball rolling. So why don't we just dive into the episode? If you're not familiar with my background, I have been an active personal trainer since 2015, and I have a background in sports and exercise science, nutrition, all of that, and when I first got into the personal training world, it was very much about doing diets and losing weight and getting skinnier and all of these different weight loss modalities basically and this actually put a lot of stress on me as a trainer because I was not necessarily what you would call a super thin trainer. I was thicker, I had muscle, I was definitely not a twig or a size two. I had a body, like I just did. And so I would just get super, super down on myself and criticize myself because I didn't look like a so-called typical trainer or what you would expect to be a trainer. And I was also helping my clients through weight loss and getting skinnier and dieting and all of these things. And to be completely honest with you, I hated it because I felt like I was an inadequate trainer because I didn't look like the super skinny weight loss trainers that you see everywhere that's being promoted on the media and everything. And I am still an active trainer. However, I don't specialize in weight loss because of how the diet culture and fitness standards have really affected my body image, my relationship with food, and I've actually seen it a lot with my clients over the years, and I just felt like I was feeding into it because I was following the protocols of diet culture and fitness industry standards. Now, I work with clients who are more on a rehabilitative path, 
being able to work through chronic pain and ailments, things going on post-surgery, and I do a lot of like the rehabilitation and strengthening. Those are my strong points. But everybody who wants to do personal training always asks me about weight loss and dieting and my perspective on it and everything too. So I have switched gears big time when it came to personal training because honestly, I felt like I had to portray a certain image and that I had to be fit into a specific box. I am incredibly knowledgeable about the body, about human anatomy, but also like when it comes to pain and strengthening and how the body responds to the brain and the mind and the nervous system. So that's just a little background of me as a trainer being in the fitness industry and actively doing the weight loss and being part of diet culture and the no pain, no gain for a really long time uh, started back in 2015. And I actually started breaking out of that when I went through my internship at the Rocky Mountain Cancer Rehabilitation Institute where I did my internship and I was working with cancer patients and we just did things totally different throughout the no pain, no gain out the window And that's what really led me down the path of rehabilitation. And then with my own personal chronic pain injuries, that's when I started focusing more on pain, going down the neuroscience road. And here I am. So I want to start out by defining body image. So body image is something that's going around a lot right now. It's a pretty hot topic. And basically what it is, it's how we think. It's how we feel, it's how we believe, and it's what we see when it comes to our own bodies. It's how we think about our bodies, it's how we feel about our bodies, it's what we believe about our bodies, and it's what we see in the mirror is how it affects our body image as well. And based off of what we think, feel, believe, and see is going to affect what we do when it comes to our physical body. And if you followed any of the episodes prior in season one about pain education, that is basically the rundown of biopsychosocial, which means there's a biology aspect when it comes to body image. There's a psychological aspect when it comes to the thoughts and the feelings you have about your body. And then there's a social aspect, which is going to affect how you interact with the world and the things that you do and relationships and everything. And a lot of this has been influenced by diet culture and fitness industry standards. When it comes to diet culture, they are all about restricting and labeling food as good or bad. You can only eat half a banana. This food is bad for you. And oh, these are Brussels sprouts and they're really good for you. So you have to eat them. There's a lot of guilt and shame built around certain foods and what you eat. There's a lot of judgment around it. If you eat a cookie, that means that you totally threw off your diet and you're going to automatically get fat and you're going to gain weight. And so it builds this fear and judgment and shame when it comes to choosing the foods that we do eat. Now, don't get me wrong. Yes, there are foods that are going to promote more nutrients to the body and are going to 
feel the body more efficiently than others. However, food is food and it is fuel. And if we constantly restrict ourselves, we're going to be in that place of deprivation. And then when we do go outside of that diet, we're considered bad or we did a bad job or we're not good enough or we failed, whatever it is. And it just feeds into that poor body image that we have of ourselves on how we think about ourselves or see ourselves or feel about ourselves. And when we are in that negative place of shame and judgment and just ridiculing and criticizing and ripping ourselves apart in the mirror, that's not going to necessarily create a healthy relationship, a loving, compassionate relationship with your body. And the same thing goes with food. I mean, I know for me, when I was really consumed in the diet culture, and I don't even know how many times I did diets and started a new fad diet and everything, and it just... It, it would consume me. I would think about food all the time. And when I would go out to dinner or to a restaurant or even like a potluck or hang out with friends, I was always so consumed about food and what I was going to eat, whether this food was a good food or a bad food or if it meant that I was good enough. All of these things caused me to not be in tune with my body. I was stressing about other things and it was an internal turmoil. It was internal chaos. And because of this, and because I was so disconnected to my body, I lost the hunger and fullness cues. So I remember when I was starving on this diet because my body definitely needed more nutrients. I kept depriving it and being like, no, I have to follow this diet to a, a T. And if I don't, then I suck and I'm a failure and all of this. And then when I would deprive myself and my body was like so hungry, I would then binge eat and I would eat as much as I could. I would often hide from family members and roommates at the time because I would just shove as much food in my mouth as I possibly could, not honoring my fullness cues at all because I wasn't taking the time to actually enjoy and experience the food. I was just shoving food in as quickly as possible and then I would have a massive stomach ache and I would bloat and then I would start to feel even more shitty about myself and that I was a failure and that I couldn't do this and all of it. So my personal experience with diet culture is I would go down a place of disordered eating. I was anorexic and I would go down a place of disordered eating. And I remember in high school, I struggled with binge eating. I struggled with starving myself. I was constantly obsessed with food and what was good and what was bad and just labeling all of that. It I couldn't enjoy food and I was always so stressed about it. When you have that stress, it builds up that cortisol in the body and it causes the body to be tense and tight and it can lead down to more pain. I had a lot of GI issues and stomach problems and because I wasn't feeling my body properly, I was not able to perform as efficiently and effectively when it came to my training. 
So this is a perfect little segue to the fitness industry standards. So when it comes to the fitness industry, a lot of things had been thrown around about no pain, no gain. And you have to work out until it really hurts, until you're super sore. And if you're not sore, you didn't work out hard enough and you're not good enough and you have to work harder and it's it doesn't count if you're not sore and you have to be super sweaty and you have to have it be a painful experience when it comes to working out. And if you're struggling with chronic pain, that is the last thing that you need to do is follow the no pain, no gain, because it is just going to cause more pain down the road for you. And we want to avoid that. When it comes to chronic pain, it's super, super important to gradually increase the workload instead of going all balls to the wall and trying as hard as you possibly can until your body literally breaks down on you. I mean, in the fitness industry, they actually praised you for working to the point of pure exhaustion, to the point of vomiting during a training session, and that it was praised, oh, you pushed through, you did the good work, and all of this, yet your body is giving you all of these signs and signals that this is not the way to go about it, but this is how we have been conditioned when it comes to the fitness industry standards. Another thing is that they say that more is better, and this is why when I was working at gyms, I saw people working out for two to four hours at a time, and it's because, well, I have to. This is the only way I can get results and everything too, and I fell into that trap as well, especially when I was cage fighting. I was very, very much into that mentality that more was better, and I would work out for an hour before going to training for four hours. So I was training by about four to five hours every single day for four to five days a week. And on top of that, with the eating disorders and the constant starving and binging and the inner turmoil of labeling foods as good and bad and constantly in a yo-yo dieting cycle, I was not supporting or sustaining my body at all and it actually caused it to break down on me and I was in a point where I was getting injured left and right and it just was not a good good system for me it was not a good pattern that I was in there was something that needed to change and my body was screaming at me to give it a break to take a rest to take a chill pill but again more is better so you got to keep going even if you're tired even if you're so exhausted and that's when my body just broke down on me that's when I started to get super injured to the point where injury after injury was occurring to the point where I had to be pulled from the sport it's not a good place to be in And when it comes to the fitness industry standards of like no pain, no gain, and more is better, and then the diet culture of constantly restricting and labeling foods as good and bad, it causes us to have certain conditioned health beliefs. And how we are conditioned with these beliefs is going to affect our body image and how we view ourselves, how we think about our bodies, how we feel about it. And it leads us to what we're doing with our bodies as well. And 
the main conditioned health beliefs that I have seen consistently, not only with myself, but with the clients that I've worked with over the years, and also like with my family members and just society in general, is that there is a very, very strong belief that losing weight and being thin automatically means health. And you're going to see this everywhere. Be like, oh my gosh, you're losing weight. You must really be taking care of yourself. Like, good job. Good job for losing weight. And we get praised for being thin. And if we gain weight, it's like, oh, well, you must really let yourself go. And you must not be super healthy. And oh, well, you're just letting yourself go and not taking care of yourself and we get shamed and we get ridiculed and we get judged and then that is going to feed into our body image and how we view ourselves i know for me personally when covid hit i definitely did gain some weight because i was in a very high stress response mode i had left a very very challenging uh detrimental emotional business partnership and that was a lot of stress on my body and my body was trying to adjust with it and then with all these things going on in the world I know I'm not the only one that has experienced this and this is why I'm talking about it is because it needs to be more commonly talked about because you are not a failure for gaining weight the only reason you feel that way is because of these conditioned beliefs and these societal mentalities that are being ingrained in us and it's not your fault it's what we have known for so long and when it's something that's repeated over and over we start to think of it as a truth and I'm here to tell you it is not this is why I'm here this is why I'm breaking through all of the bullshit lies that the health industry diet culture and all of these like conditioned beliefs are trying to tell us it's bullshit and I'm busting this bubble right now and if this is kind of blowing your mind a little bit this is a good thing that means that we're challenging those old thoughts that old neural pathway that is basically running the show because the way that we have been programmed is built around a lot of judgment and shame and self-criticism when it comes to our own bodies and to ourselves And when we have a lot of judgment and shame and guilt built around our bodies, that's when we start to get more chronic pain. That's when it starts to manifest a little bit more physically. And when it comes to the thinness and that being associated as healthy, we don't necessarily know what they're going through. They could be having a sickness like cancer or a disease of some sort that's causing them to lose weight. Being thin and losing weight is not always associated with health. And maybe the way that they're going about losing weight is not necessarily the best route for them because it is tied to guilt and shame and restricting and starving and binging. I know for me, when I was going through my binge eating and overworking my body to the point of pure exhaustion, everybody's like, oh my gosh, you look so great and you're losing so much weight and wow, you're just like really dedicated to yourself and everything. And I was being praised for the unhealthy, unsustainable habits that I was doing to get my body to a thin place. Honestly, I hated myself during that point. 
because of how I got there in the first place. It was not good. It was not good for me. And this is what I want to shed light on is because not everything that we have been told is considered good for us, is actually going to be for our benefit, is actually going to help us in a way to be that better version for ourselves. Again, it's it's causing us to rip ourselves apart in the mirror and to hate what we see and to avoid wearing shorts or to avoid wearing the swimsuit. I know for me in the summertime, I hated summer because that meant it was going to be hot and I could never show my legs because I have thicker legs and I will be judged and people will think that I'm ugly and unattractive and I can't go in a swimsuit with my body like this. It's unacceptable. It's not worthy. It's not good enough. It, It can't be loved. You see how all of these thoughts and these feelings of these like conditioned beliefs that have been ingrained in us and have been repeated over and over affect how we live our day-to-day lives. And honestly, it's kind of sad, but at the same point, we need to realize this. We need to see this because it is keeping us limited and restricted. It's keeping us in a box. It's keeping us from experiencing life. Movement is important for the body. It's important to do, but not to the detriment that it hurts and it's painful. And that's why a lot of people don't want to exercise is because it's tied to the no pain, no gain. It's tied to, oh, this is going to be hard. This is going to be super painful. This is not going to be fun. And same with, you know, diet culture, with food. Food is meant to be an experience and it's meant to be enjoyed and it's meant to fuel us and it's meant to give us nourishment. However, with diet culture, it's just kind of squash that and it's like, no, you've got to, you've got to eat to, you know, get, get into shape and to lose weight and to make your body look a certain way instead of how it makes your body feel. I know so many times on diets, I felt like complete shit. And I kept doing it because I was told I had to do it. I should do it. It's something that I needed to do. So these are what these conditioned beliefs have led us down. And it's caused us to define health in a particular way that is actually not the best course for us to achieve optimal health. And I want you to know that health is going to look different and there's going to be a different definition for everybody when it comes to health and you get to decide what that means for you and you alone instead of letting the outside world dictate what your health looks like feels like sounds like tastes like all of these things you get to decide and this is why I actually went down this path of signing up for this strength training program is because I knew I was struggling with the relationship with my body, my food, and when it came to movement, especially when the pandemic hit, it was like all of those things just kind of went away because there was a lot of stress going on in the world. And I was starting to actually get more pain because of it. And it was because I was feeling really shitty about myself. I was thinking 
terrible thoughts about my body and I was ripping myself apart every time I went and saw myself in a mirror. I was just in a really dark place and I I say this because I know I'm not alone and if you were in that dark place, I get it, I see you, I understand and it's okay. It does not mean that you are a failure. It's just where you are right now and you do have the power to change that. You do have the power to move through it and that's exactly what I decided to do. Because around the end of February, I saw that this person that I was following on Instagram was doing a new level challenge. And the new level challenge was a 12-week strength training program primarily focusing on building glutes. And it just really intrigued me because I liked the, the thought of a new level getting to that next level of myself but to also strengthen my glutes and my hamstring and my core because I know for me when I tested for my yellow belt my level one in Krav Maga back in September of 2021 I struggled in that department when it came to strength so I wanted to make sure that I was able to feel confident enough in my level two orange belt test that was going to happen in June. So I was like, okay, I've got like about like three to four months before my testing. I think this is going to be the perfect thing for me. I want to do this because yeah, I've gained weight and yeah, I've had some pain, especially in my low back. And I know as a trainer and my rehabilitative stuff and my knowledge and all of that is it's tied to a weak core and weak hamstrings and weak glutes and all of that. So I wanted to reduce pain by strengthening the certain muscles around it so I could feel confident within it. I also wanted to improve my body image. I wanted to move my body in a way that was going to benefit me instead of really struggling to make it through a workout because I felt like I had to or to restrict my food because that's the only way to lose weight. And I wanted to desensitize my nervous system when it came to movement because I had become super sedentary and I was on a break from Krav Maga because I was working through um, some old triggers that had come up and I was just in that place where I really needed to kind of get the physical aspect of my pain under control because I had done a lot of the psychological bubble where I was diving into the rewiring process of my brain and diving into the thoughts and to the emotions. I wanted to really focus on the physical aspect of it and to work on the movement and the nutrition piece and incorporate that with the psychological stuff that was going on. However, with the social aspect of it, I was also being part of like a community and being more active in Krav Maga because I had set myself these certain goals that I wanted to reach. It was ultimately the goal was to get my orange belt in Krav Maga and feel strong and confident enough. And this new level challenge was just a stepping point for me to get there. Also, when it came to the challenge, I was really drawn to it because it was not a weight loss challenge. It was a body composition strength challenge and it was to basically create your own personal goals and to 
reach for them. And the fact that it was not a weight loss goal was really, really powerful for me because I have done a lot of weight loss challenges in the past and my body would just not look like it was changing based on the number of the scale because I have a tendency to build more muscle and muscle definitely weighs more than fat. And even though my body was changing and I could feel the changes in my clothes and in my measurements, it wasn't necessarily matching the scale. So I would be in a complete spiral when I saw the number on the scale and just end up giving up because it's like what's the point the number's not going down and all this stuff and I was ignoring the other non-scale victory goals of how I was actually feeling and the strength that was coming up and the mobility and how I was able to move and the reduction of pain in the past that scale was a huge detriment to me so I was really excited that I didn't have to necessarily focus on weight loss specifically. It was body composition. And I am really good at body composition. I know how to do it. So I was like, you know what? There is a first prize of $3,000. And I saw that and I'm like, I think I could do this. I could totally do that. And so when I signed up, I claimed and declared that I was going to do this to heal my diet mentality, to heal my relationship when it came to movement and to connect and honor my body with where it was at. And if I could do that, I could totally win $3,000. I could win first place. And this was something that I journaled on. I brain primed on. I did coaching around it. I did my self coaching with it. Basically all of the things that I walk my clients through when it comes to their own pain journey, I did it for myself because I was experiencing pain. I was experiencing physical pain, diet culture pain, body image pain, and movement pain. And I knew the habits and the cycles that I was in and I wanted to change that throughout this challenge. And now I'm going to break down the exact process on how I did that because it's pretty powerful. It's very, very powerful. So this is how I won first place. This is how I won $3,000. First of all, a lot of it was the prep work. A lot of it was deciding what I wanted to map out my goals and everything and to understand like my unique cycle and why I wanted to do it and why it was important for me to do these things for me. I was doing it for me. I was not doing it for anybody else. I wanted to feel better in my skin. I wanted to feel stronger. I wanted to feel capable in my body. I wanted to reduce pain. So in order to do this, I needed a plan of action of activity pacing because when we are sedentary and especially if we are in pain, if we go balls to the wall on something and go 110% like all the time and we do what is basically expected of us and we can't necessarily do it, we're going to continue to push through. However, if you do that and you go into that mentality, it is going to set you back because it's going to be too much, too soon, too fast when it comes to your brain and your nervous system because your nervous system and your brain are used to being sedentary. And so when you have a sudden change of drastic movement, it's going to affect 
everything. And then there's going to be more pain. And then there's going to be more thoughts of, oh, I can't do this. Like, I suck. I'm a failure. All of these things. It's about gradual pacing. And it's about looking at it as compound interest, having little things that you do every single day. And then you start to gradually improve on that and increase it to the point where over time, you have this compound interest that is adding up and adding up and adding up. And that is exactly what I did. I did activity pacing. And when it comes to activity pacing, I knew where my body was at that point. And in this program, they recommended that you do four rounds of each exercise. Well, my body was not at that point. I could only do about one to two rounds of half the amount of reps and sets that they were recommending. And I only did what I could. I met my body with where it was at and I met it without judgment or shame. Because a lot of the times we do come from that place of wanting to change our bodies or our health because of judgment and shame, because of self-ridicule, because we're, we're seen as not good enough. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that. Again, I'm trying to heal my mentality from diet culture and the fitness industry. I'm going to do it my way. So I was setting out like four weeks at a time and I would be like, okay, so we're going to shoot for this gradual. So if I can only do one round, that's okay. I'm just going to do body weight this time. Okay, so week two, I'm going to add in two pound weights and I'm going to see if I can increase my reps from 10 to 12 to see how that goes. Okay, and then you kind of get the picture on how I was just like gradually going up and I was just honoring my body with where it was at because when I first started the program and did the physical movements and the workout, my body was screaming because my body had not been used to doing something like that. And my back would start to tighten and tense up at like rep eight when I was trying to shoot for 10. And it's like, okay, well, my body's not there yet. It's okay. I did enough for today. And what I did today was enough. I'm allowing it to be enough and I'm only going to get better as I go up and things are going to work out for me and that is another key to start to stay consistent because so many people fall off the wagon because they start off with too much too soon and it's too much it's like an overload and that's why people don't stay consistent it's about that gradual slow increment to allow your body to adjust to allow your brain to see that oh okay this is safe like we can do this so I started doing that and I also had this little model that I was structuring my workouts in because for a long time, especially in the fitness industry, they're just like, well, your workout shouldn't be fun and it has to be super hard and you have to be like super sore all the time. Well, I was also recovering from chronic pain and I had some chronic pain flare-ups and I didn't want to add more pain to an already inflamed situation. So my main focus was to get movement, to get the body going, to get adjusted to it. And when I did that, 
I was noticing that my body really was responding. It really was adjusting. But I had also done some brain priming and, you know, really done a lot of the rewiring process when it comes to how I looked at working out or looking at how I fueled my body. And when I did that, I built this structure to make sure that my workouts were fun. And so in order to get me to stay motivated, I needed something fun to do. So what I would do is I would either do belly dancing because it got me warmed up and it was fun and I felt kind of, you know, sexy a little bit and it kind of got me in a better place to start my workout. Or I would go to Krav Maga because, you know, kicking ass and punching things is something that's really enjoyable for me. So I always made sure that I incorporated some type of fun aspect with it. And then I incorporated structure because I needed a little bit of structure to get into the habit, to get into the routine of actually making movement and working out consistent. So my workouts in the strength training program were my structure. So I had a fun aspect, I had a structure aspect, and then to round it all out, I had a restorative practice that I would bring into my workouts and that included yoga and stretching and during that it was allowing myself to reconnect with my body and to work through some of the pain spots that were coming up. I did a lot of breathing into these stretching techniques and was just basically connecting and talking with my body being like I choose this it's safe to be here thank you body for being here I I'm sorry for whatever abuse I forgive myself I forgive you and that's when my body really started to let go of a lot of the tension that's when I really started to notice it so that's basically the model that I structured my workouts from is I had to have something fun I had structure with it and I had a restorative part with it as well. And the majority of my workouts lasted about 45 minutes, 30 to 45 minutes. Sometimes if I felt really, really strong and I could go past like the two rounds that I was building up to, sometimes I would do three or four rounds and sometimes it would take me a little bit longer, but it never went past 60 minutes never went past an hour and I incorporated the fun, the structure, and then the restorative part of it. That's what worked for me and it was something that I wanted to stay consistent with. So I made sure that it worked for me and it felt good for me and that's how I was able to have it work. But I also did the activity pacing and doing the gradual increments and everything too. And literally within one month, the very first month, four weeks in, my pain was really starting to subside and I was starting to really notice and feel changes. So I took progress photos and I made the mistake of stepping on the scale, even though this was not a weight loss challenge, I stepped on the scale and I noticed that I didn't like lose any weight, but my body was changing. And even though I could see the progress in my photos, I was still so focused on the number on the scale. And so I had what I call a massive brain tantrum where I was just losing my shit, ripping myself apart, being like, this is useless. Like, why do I even try all of this? And just in a really, really shitty place. And 
I did emotional releasing with it. I did a lot of the trauma work, the trigger work to get that out, to allow it to complete its cycle. And then once I had my brain tantrum and allowed myself to have it and to have all the shitty things that came up for me and to move through it and to feel through it, that's when I was able to see clearly oh, well, I am still making progress and I was able to see on the the positive things that were coming up. Oh, I, I don't have as much pain anymore. I am getting a lot stronger. My stamina is getting better. I'm able to go more than two rounds on this. I was able to increase my weight. And so allowing myself to go through that tantrum allowed me to see all of the things that had accumulated over those four weeks. But Usually at that point in the past, I would have quit because it's like, oh, that $3,000 is not mine. I should just kiss it goodbye and I'm behind and I I should just quit. And it was just a mind fuck, basically. It was just chaos everywhere. Not this time because I made a promise to myself that I was going to allow myself to heal that mentality of diet culture and the fitness industry standards and to recreate a relationship of compassion when it came to my own body and I was meeting my body with where it was at that's a huge thing too is meeting your body with where it's at doesn't mean you have to stay there it just means that it's a starting point and you get to move from that place so that is basically the fitness aspect of it the workout part of it when it comes to the food that i ate i did not diet at all i did not diet one single time the only thing that i did was i listened to my hunger and my fuelness cues and when i ate something i ate until i was full but I did it in a slower experience where I actually noticed the texture and the taste and how it felt in my mouth and how it made my body feel. It was very much an intuitive type of eating style. And then when I was full, I would stop and I would put it away. And this was a really hard thing for me because I grew up being like, you have to eat everything that's on your plate, even at a restaurant when the portions are so ridiculous sometimes. And that was a big hurdle for me to work through. And it's still something that I am currently still working through because it was just so ingrained in me. And I... I've learned a lot about my body and myself and like the conditioned beliefs that have caused me to act in a certain way. So I would also make sure that the foods that I was eating was making me feel really good. I made sure to check in with my body being like, ooh, does my body feel bloated? Do I feel kind of sick? Okay, my body doesn't really like that. And so I was learning to trust my body with the nutrition choices that I were that I was making. But I also didn't deprive myself either of going out with friends and having a drink or two or going to birthday parties or barbecues or celebrations. I did not avoid carbs or anything either or cake or different sweets. I allowed myself to have what they were and I noticed that I didn't have binging episodes like I would in the past because I allowed my body to want what it was craving and once I allowed that craving I didn't really want more because I wasn't depriving myself of it so I allowed myself to eat what I want 
and I honored my hunger and my fullness cues and allowed my body to tell me what it felt about the food and it would tell me if it wasn't good if I had a stomach ache or I had a headache of some sort and I would just listen to that also when it came to carbs and things like that there were gonna be days where I needed more fuel and so whenever I was hungry I would allow my body to have food I wouldn't deprive my body of food that was coming up I honored my body with where it was at, and this also included food. So there were some days where my body needed more fuel, where it needed more carbs, especially on those heavier leg days. That's when I really needed it, or I was at a really intense Krav Maga session, and I would allow my body to have those carbs, to have that fuel, because my main focus was not weight loss. It was to honor my body with where it was at, And in that moment, it needed more fuel because I could feel my stomach getting hungry. I could feel it. And so I allowed my body to have food when it requested it. Again, it was tuning into my body and actually listening to the signals and cues. And that's what I did. That's what I followed. If I was getting a headache, I drank water and had more hydration. When it comes to the diet culture, it actually teaches us to not be as in tune with our body because we're following a standard based off of other people and if you're hungry and you ate your calories for the rest of the day well you're shit out of luck you can't eat anymore I didn't do that and this actually helped me to create a better relationship with my body and with food and I was just incredibly grateful for it so to wrap all this up When it came to the time for the progress photos to be uploaded and everything, I did it and I had another brain tantrum because guess what? I stepped on that fucking scale again and I noticed that I had only lost five pounds throughout this whole challenge and I was like, are you kidding me? only five pounds and yet I see this like transformation and everything and I've gotten so much stronger and I was able to complete three rounds and then four rounds on this time and then I'm feeling more confident and my waist is slimming out and my butt is not flat it's like round and everything and I was like how can this only be like what it is on the scale how can it only be like five pounds and so again I went on a temper tantrum a brain tantrum once again and so I had to clear all of that out did a lot of like releasing and all of that and just allowing myself to feel shitty to move through it to complete its cycle so I could see the actual thing and I was just like oh my gosh you know what like I'm going to list all the things, all the amazing things that have come about, and this is what it is, and I realized that I did a really good job, and I did it without the toxicity of diet culture and the fitness standards. I listened to my body with where it was at, and I was like a nervous wreck. I had so much anxiety, but throughout this whole process, I also did a lot of visualizations and reminding myself of why I was doing it. Because when you visualize something, the brain does not know the difference between what is so-called real out in the real world or what you imagine in your head. And so I would always visualize being the winner, being like, oh my gosh, this is my body now. I'm so much stronger. I would visualize it. I would embody it. And I would picture myself 
being announced the winner on the Instagram page and having my picture up there and everything. And so I did it and my brain started to believe it. And even though I had all of these brain tantrums and I felt like I had failed and all of these thoughts of doubt and self-criticism and judgment and shame, even though I was experiencing this and it felt like I would never be the winner, I knew deep down inside that it was for me and so I just kept going I kept going even through the obstacles and even through the challenges and trusted myself trusted my body trusted my process and that's what I really want to tell you is that you can trust your body your body is designed to heal you are allowed to create a process a method that works for you because what was told to me previously was basically like a cookie cutter program and it didn't necessarily work with my body it didn't necessarily work with me and this was a beautiful experience for me to go through a process go through a journey that actually worked for me and was designed and tailored for me and it worked because I was announced the winner and they were completely amazed. I won the $3,000 and it was just really cool on how all of this brain work, the desensitization and coming into your own power to learn how to trust your body, to learn how to have your capabilities and to be able to, you know, like move through that. Like it was just such a powerful experience and I was shocked. I was floored. I was just like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Like I actually did this. All of this work was was adding up. That's another thing too is when you don't feel like things are adding up and you're in that low point and you feel like nothing is working, nothing's working out in your favor, it is. And when you allow yourself to work through those obstacles and those struggles, that is actually going to be the thing that propels you even further is when you allow yourself to feel what's coming up, to move through it, to allow yourself to release, to allow that emotional cycle to complete its course so you can see the possibility, so you can keep going, so you can have that consistency. And that's exactly what I did. And this is what I walk my clients through, my one-on-one clients. I help you create your own personal journey so you can master your activity pacing, to master your pain plan, to master the goal that you are going after and to help you navigate those obstacles when they do come up because they are going to come up. It doesn't mean that you failed. It doesn't mean that you have a further setback. It's part of the process of your growth to propel forward. The important thing is to remember that it is happening for you, not against you, and that you can move forward through it. And that when you stop, it's stopping your growth at that point. And that was something that I really, really realized throughout this whole entire process. But it was a lot of unlearning the old conditioned beliefs of diet culture, the fitness industry standards, my own view on my own body, my own body image. Because throughout this process, my body image shifted and it changed. And with the progress photos, I was like, oh, I've got a butt now and I'm starting to feel really confident in myself and I don't feel like these love handles anymore. And oh, I'm getting a lot stronger and 
I can push through this a lot more. And I was starting to get really, really excited for my workouts because it made my body feel good. I felt strong. I felt powerful. I felt like I could trust my body again. And then with food, it's like, oh, food doesn't even phase me. I get to have what I want when I want it. And I get to choose whether or not to have this. And if it's not something that works for me, I'm not going to have it. And my body will let me know. Again, it was building that trust within myself. And when I was getting stronger, the pain started to go away. I was mastering my pain because I was strengthening and trusting my body throughout the process. And like I said before, this is what I guide my clients through. And it's a beautiful process because we get to do it just for you. I don't believe in cookie cutters because everybody is different. Everybody has different experiences and you should be treated as such because what worked for me may not work for you and that's okay. That doesn't mean that you're a failure. It doesn't mean that you suck. It doesn't mean that you're hopeless and that you can't be able to accomplish what you want. It just means that we get to do it your way. You get to do it in a way that works best for you because I was able to find the way that worked best for me and it was crazy on how it just manifested and came into reality for me. So if you are ready to master your pain plan and to get back into physical activities, to be able to do your hobbies, to be able to trust your body again and your capabilities, one-on-one neuro coaching is for you and I do have spots available and if this is calling to you and if this is resonating with you send me a dm on instagram and I would love to connect with you to see how we can start incorporating your pain freedom journey today but that wraps up this episode going into body image diet culture fitness standards and how it pertains to pain and my personal journey through it The next episode is going to be about how I accomplished my level two orange belt test in Krav Maga and it's a pretty crazy story and it's it did it was a lot of healing there was a lot of cathartic healing with this and it's a juicy one and I'm going to be sharing it personally and the things that I learned throughout it. So keep an eye out next week for that. I'm super excited for it. And I know you guys are going to love it because it was just a transformational experience for me. And I want to share it with you. But anyways, I will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode and for expanding your own pain awareness. Every time you listen to this podcast, you are building new neural pathways in the brain to break out of the vicious pain cycle. If this episode served you in any way, I ask that you share it with somebody who you think would benefit so they can start breaking out of their unique pain cycle today. When we are educated and informed about pain, we are equipped and empowered to get out and stay out of pain. If you have any questions or thoughts, I'm here to help. You can direct message me on Instagram at the Katie Sutton. I'd be happy to personally connect with you so you can start unleashing pain freedom today.